All right, well, let's get, get right into the word. I'm going to be talking to this morning about the upcoming year, about the power of a choice. We love the Bible here. I want to welcome our Mount Carmel family, our Carlinville family, E-Rhodes family, our watch parties in Evansville and Effingham, wherever you may be watching from. I told first service that I don't know if you remember, if you've been here a while, we used to have uh, some soldiers on the military base at Fort Bragg that were watching our services and gathering every week and uh, kind of lost connection. Well, I got a text over the holidays and from one of the soldiers, he said, hey, Pastor Chad, just wanted you to know that we're still watching every week from Fort Bragg. So <laughs> praise the Lord. Rhodes Church, you are reaching people that you will never meet. So stay connected to the vision of heaven. All right, we love the Bible here, so we get excited about when we open them up. So if you've got them, come on, it's the last time for 2023 that you get to get excited about the Word of God in church. So if you got your Bibles, let's open them to Joshua chapter 24. <laughs> Woo! That's what I'm talking about. First service, go to school on that right there. <laughs> Joshua chapter 24, I want to talk about the power of a choice. We're getting ready, coming into the new year. I love coming into a new year. Gives us opportunity to kind of reflect. Gives us an opportunity to reset kind of recalibrate, kind of chance to say, okay, I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to not do that anymore so much. I'm going to start doing this more. And it's another great thing about the New Year's our starts our time of prayer and fasting here at the Rose Church. And if you're new to the Rose Church, every year at the beginning of the year, we start out the first portion of the year and we set aside a time of prayer and fasting. Now this year, we're just doing 14 days. It's going to be the first two weeks, January 1st through January 14th, you see on the banners there that we have here in North City, uh, there in, you see it in the worship guide on all of the locations. But the purpose is that for 14 days, we're going to increase our God time, our God focus, and decrease our flesh focus. Biblical fasting is doing without food for a certain period of time. Now, Western church has turned that into a lot of things. Well, I'm going to fast Facebook. No, that's called a discipline. That's not fasting. I'm not trying to make anybody mad, but I'm just trying to be biblical with you. Fasting TV is not fasting. That's a discipline. And it's a great discipline. I'm all for that. But fasting is we're doing without food for some period of time. You don't have to do no food at all, but it's some form of saying, Lord, I'm going to sacrifice my fleshly desires for godly desires. I'm going to replace, this is so important, replace fleshly desires, physical desires for spiritual desires. So as we go into this time, uh, the Lord began to speak to me about this coming year and uh, what he wanted to do, and I asked the Lord about 2024. I wasn't necessarily seeking the Lord for the church, uh, but it seems to me when he speaks to me about myself, uh, it also applies to the church many times, not always, but sometimes he does. And for 2024, here's what I heard about the year. This is not a blanket prophetic statement, like I'm trying to cover every possible uh, person that this is the only word for 2024. It's just what he was saying to me. And he said to me that 2024, this is a year of courage for you and your people. A year of courage. You'll be required to step out in faith like never before to see the hand of God, sorry, the hand of the Lord move in your life. There is much adversity that you will have to face in the year ahead, and it will require strength and courage to possess the territory the Lord has given to you. Be strong 
and of good courage is more than a suggestion. It is a requirement for my children in the days to come. Let me read that again. Being strong and of good courage is more than a suggestion. It is a requirement for my children in the days to come. So be vigilant to sit at my feet and to hear my words. The pull and temptation of the world will be great, and there are many who will fall away and be deceived. Be strong and of good courage. So that's what the Lord was speaking to me about. And uh, as I was doing that, I was studying in the book of Joshua. And as I was studying in Joshua and just reading through some of that, uh, the, the Lord took me to a different part of Joshua that I want to talk about today. We may get into Joshua chapter 1 and all of that about being strong, but in Joshua chapter 24, here's what's going on. Joshua is about ready to pass away, and he's gathered all of the Israelites together at Shechem, <clears throat> excuse me, and he begins to prophesy to them. And he says to them, Here's what the Lord's saying to you. And he starts to take them back all the way from Abraham up to current day. And he's reminding them what God has done for them. So all of chapter 24 is God bringing them back through Abraham coming from all the way of Ur and, and trans, trans, traveling from, <laughs> it's like, word search, word search, tra traveling north, west, and then he comes over and comes down southwest and he comes into Israel all the way to Egypt and then comes up and settles in, in Israel. And then he comes and starts talking about all these things that he's done for them and how he's brought them through. And in verse 13, he, he brings them to this promised land after delivering them from Pharaoh and Egypt and all of that. And he says, I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you will dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive greaves which you did not plant. I feel like prophetically a little bit the Lord speaking this uh, to the Rhodes Church that in 2024, I'm going to give you land that you did not labor for. I'm going to give you cities which you did not build. And again, I'm very cautious about saying this because this is not about the Rhodes Church. This is not about franchising us. This is about taking Jesus wherever he wants to go, however he wants to go. Can I be crystal clear on that? We are not trying to promote us. We're trying to promote him. Well, there's a bunch of other churches, and I understand that. So we're not going where he's not sending because we're not about us. We're not about yay, us. We don't have a name that matters. There's one name that matters, and it's Jesus. I just want to emphasize this. When he's talking about bringing us into places that we didn't build in cities, and, and we're, we're going to dwell in them and eat vineyards and olive groves, which we did not plant, there are going to be people that have gone before us to plant things, to start things, to work things. And God's going to give us the responsibility of stewarding what others have plowed for. I'm telling you, the Lord's going to bring us into places where it's not about us. It's about him saying, I've been looking for someone to hand the baton to and no one would give me their yes. 
If you will give me your yes, I will hand you stewardship, responsibility. I'm not giving you something to promote you. I'm giving you what I have done and putting it into your hand to steward, and I will return, and I will want to return on my investment. This is coming from the Lord because I didn't prepare any of this. But here's what I feel like he's saying to us. For us to do what he's wanting to do, we're going to have to come up to a different level. So if you'll read with me in verse 14, this is where I'm going to start what I feel like God's saying to us today. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt serve the Lord. I want you to notice three things. Three things in this verse. That if we're going to do what God's called us to do in 2024, I'm not talking about just corporately of the church. I'm talking about you and your life individually as well as the church, okay? So you can apply it however God's speaking to you. But there are three things that jump out of me in this verse that God's going to speak to you to do in 2024. Number one, now therefore, the first thing, fear the Lord. Everybody say, fear the Lord. Lord. Write that down. That's the first thing. Fear the Lord. For us to be successful in life, for us to move forward in what God wants to do, we need to fear the Lord. When I say fear the Lord, I'm not talking about being afraid of Him. I'm not talking about being scared of Him. I'm talking about honoring Him. The word fear in the Hebrew there means to revere, to be in reverence, to regard with feelings of respect, or to be in awe of. This is what, and I don't want to make a blanket statement like nobody fears God anymore. That's not true. But what God is saying to us, he wants to increase the level of the fear of the Lord in the church again. That there's been a little bit of casualness and familiarity where there's not a fear of God or a reverence of God because we get caught up in churchianity that's just about people. You have a human being on a platform and you're singing with other human beings and it's easy to just look around at our humanity and just get caught up in what's happening here and forget that it's about the king of glory, the creator of the universe. This is who we should be in awe of. We should fear him. We should reverence him. So the first thing we need to have is the fear of the Lord. You're just like, well, Chad, I don't... I don't agree with that. Well, let me give you some Bible. Psalm 128, verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and who walks in his ways. If everyone who fears the Lord is blessed, what are the people who do not fear the Lord? You figure that out. Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom only starts where God is feared. Well, I'm pretty smart. Not if you don't fear God. Haven't even started to be smart. There's a lot of natural physical intelligence, but wisdom begins with the fear of God. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments, his praise endures forever. Psalm 33, 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. No want. Those who fear God, those who reverence him, those who acknowledge him, those who stand in awe of him. You're like, well, that's Old Testament, Chad. All right, well, let's try some New Testament version. Luke chapter 12, this is coming from the mouth of Jesus himself. Luke chapter 12, verse 4. It's in the red. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Jesus. Well, those are comforting, loving words of Jesus. But he's telling us a powerful principle. You know who we should fear? We should fear God. Now be afraid of, not like, oh, I can't even come close to him. Not that kind of, but to reverence him, to honor him. Powerful words from Jesus. Revelation 14, 6, 7, last one says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. What's the gospel that he's preaching to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God. Wow. An angel flying in the midst of heaven says, says with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. So fear God. The first thing that he says to have, we need to have a healthy, reverential fear of the Lord. In other words, when God tells us to do something, we do it because we fear God. Not like I'm afraid of God, like he's going to zap me and I'm going to die. But we fear him like we honor him. We respect him. And when he says do something, I do it out of reverence to him, not like, well, I'm do the best I can. The fear of God is going to take our obedience up to a sharper level. For us to grow in obedience, our fear of God has to grow. I don't, again, I feel like I need to keep giving this disclaimer. Not like, Oh, I better do it or God's going to kill me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I love him and I honor him. So when he says do it, I'm going to do it to honor him with my obedience. Kind of like honoring your parents. So the first thing we have to do is have a fear of the Lord. Everybody say have a fear of the Lord. Number two, he says, fear of God. Number two, serve him. So now we're going to serve him. We're not just going to have a fear of him, but we're also going to have, we're going to serve him. Serve him. The word serve there just means to work, to do labor, to do labor, to work. I'm going to keep saying it. Serve means to work, to do labor. There's some, been some issues that have crept into our society, and it's, again, not a broad blanket statement where it uh, covers everyone, but some people have struggled with the idea that they need to work. Working is something that God created. In the garden, God put Adam and Eve in the garden to work it, to serve it, to toil, to train, to work the ground, to cultivate it, the Bible talks about. So we were created to work. He says we're supposed to work. We should not let laziness creep into the body of Christ. 
Yes. Yes. That's good. That's good. Yes, that's a good teaching right there. We should in, in desire to serve him. Here's what happened in COVID. During COVID, it started creeping into the church now where people just watched online. And they watched online to the extent that they stopped coming to church. And I'm, all, I'm grateful for our Eros family, people that watch online that can't get here. And our, our watch parties that we have, but those watch parties are unto something. They're unto a group of people wanting to come together and start a body of believers. The watching is not the end. It's unto something. So we're supposed to serve the body of Christ. Serve him. How are we supposed to serve him? We're supposed to serve him two ways. It says in sincerity and in truth. Let's look at the word sincerity. The word sincerity there means entirely, completely, wholly, soundly, in entirety. How are we supposed to serve him? Partially? No. With entirety, with complete wholeness, with everything that we are. Uh, Psalm 119.2 said, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. Psalm 119.10 says, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. What God is saying to us, I believe, in 2024, not only, number one, we need to increase the fear of the Lord, but number two, we need to make sure we're serving him with our whole heart. That we're not just attending church services, but we're truly serving Jesus with our whole heart, with all of us, not just a day, not just a couple hours out of one day of a week, but with our whole life are we serving God. He's asking for more out of us. We want more, God. Well, he says, I want more. Serve me with your whole heart. I get a couple hours for you in one building. What about the rest of the week? Can I get a a little bit of that with our whole heart? We're going to serve him with sincerity, with our whole heart. Number two, serve him not only with sincerity but in truth. Everybody say truth. Here's what the word truth means. You ready for this one? The word truth, serving sincerity with our whole hearts, we're all in, right? We're all in. But truth means stability, faithfulness, firmness, dependability. Let me try this again. I, I, I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm, I'm receiving as the Lord's telling me. So, Chad, I want you to give me your whole heart, and then I want you to serve me with stability. I want you to serve me with faithfulness. I want you to serve me with firmness. I want you to serve me with dependability. In other words, we always talk about the faithfulness of God, but what he's asking is, are you faithful? Can he depend on me? Can he depend on you? Can he depend on us? Are we faithful or are we just saying, well, I'm doing the best I can? Can he depend on us when he needs us or do we make excuses? He's saying, I want you to serve me with your whole heart and I want you to do it in truth. In other words, I want you to be stable. Stable is not up, down, up, down, up, down. It means I'm steady. I'm not going anywhere just because somebody made me mad. 
I'm not leaving just because I got my feelings hurt or I'm, I'm not giving up on God just because I got disappointed. I'm firm. I'm faithful. I'm going to show up, God. I'm still here worshiping you no matter what comes my way. This is what he's asking for Christians, that we not be flaky and be so easily to be put away from what God has called us to do. It's not an accusation, just a generalization that God's put in my heart that he said, listen, Chad, I want you to serve me with sincerity and in truth. And thirdly, in this verse, and I need you to put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and serve the Lord. Put away, put away. The word put away there in the Hebrew means to turn off or away from, to decline, to depart. Let me try again. To turn off or away from. So now, let's put them together. Number one, we've got to fear the Lord. Number two, we're going to serve him with sincerity, our whole heart, and with stability and faithfulness. And number three, we've got to put away some stuff. Going into 2024, here's what the Lord was asking me about. Like, what things do you need to turn off so that you can turn on something different? What things do you need to put away some things that we need to put away are not evil. They're just less than. Let me try it. Sometimes we, when we're evaluating what we should put away, we're only putting away things we think are obviously evil. Some things are just less than God's best for us. Some things that I need to put away are preventing me from having his best. It's fine, it's good, but he has more for me. And if I won't put that away, then I can't embrace the new that he wants me to have. He said, I need you to put away the gods which your fathers served. So there are some things that we've been serving that God wants us to put away. What could that be? That could be some attitudes that we're serving. That could be some habits that we're serving. That could be some friends. That could be, some, I don't know what it is. You figure it out as the Lord begins to direct you. But the Lord starts speaking to me about some things that Chad, I would like for you to put that away. I'm like, whoa. What's, Lord, we, I've already explained that how there's nothing wrong with that. And you're talking to so I don't have these evil practices, God, so all these things are fine. Yeah, yeah. Hope that conversation goes better for you than it did for me. <laughs> Put away things that I'm serving, taking my time, taking my energy, taking my focus. Put away God's logi to focus on God's capital G's business. I don't know what that is for you. But I'm telling you, in 2024, there's some things that we're going to need to put away to make room for what God wants to do. One of the ways we do that is through prayer and fasting. Through prayer and fasting, again, it's a time for us to say no to certain things, to say yes to other things. Fasting to me, I'll make this uh, analogy for you. Fasting to me is focusing on what God wants to do more than what Chad wants to do. Like when I'm fasting... It's an opportunity for me to focus on God and my flesh gets turned down. Let me use this, maybe this will work. There was a movie I was watching one time and they had recorded this, I don't know, something was happening. I don't know how to explain it. And they were looking for a certain sound and all this noise was going on 
And they, they were trying to find a certain sound. And so somebody said to the audio technician, they said, hey, can you turn that off, that off, and that off and name these certain sounds? Take the train out, take this out, take that out, take all of that out, and then just leave the recording what's left. And when they took all of that out, all of a sudden they heard the sound that they were looking for. That sound was there all along. But they couldn't hear it until they turned off everything else. This is what fasting does. It's turning off all the other noises so where I can hear the voice of God more clearly. It's like whenever I stop doing this, stop doing that, all of a sudden all I can hear now is my stomach and Jesus. <laughs> and when I hear my stomach, then it reminds me why I'm not eating is because I'm listening for the voice of Jesus. So it reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing and it causes me to lean in more to the voice of God because that's why I'm doing what I'm doing because I want more of him. So he says, if you're going to do something new in 2024, I've got a formula for you. Number one, I want you to increase your fear of the Lord. I want you to serve me with your whole heart and be dependable, be faithful. And number three, I need you to put away some things that are eating up some of your time. So let's go with 15. Close with this. And then he said this to me. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord instead of these other things. In other words, if you want to argue with me about what you think you need to do or not do, that's up to you. If you want to argue about the things I tell you you need to put away and that you want to defend it and say, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, then we can argue with God if we want to. He says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord instead of serving these other things, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's look at this phrase, choose for yourselves this day. The word choose there means to make a decision among alternative options, to decide freely. Choose for yourselves this day. Jesus is saying to us, whatever we're going to do in 2024 is going to start with a choice. This is a part he was driving home to me. I'm like, Lord, okay, then how, how's this going to be different? How's that going to be different? How am I going to be able to do this? How am I he said, it's going to start with a decision. I need you to decide. I know, but Lord, it's really hard, and, and there's these obstacles, and there's these things, and all, all this stuff. He said, I know, I need you to choose. But, but then what? You just choose. If you don't choose, I can't move. The problem in our society is we're waiting to feel something before we decide something too many times. God's saying, I need you to choose first, feel later. Decide now. Wait for motivation later. Oh, we're going to get to meddling. We're waiting to get pumped up for the perfect time to make a decision. And God says, choose for yourselves. Don't wait to feel it. Don't wait to get pumped about it. Don't wait to get motivated. I'll wait until Monday. Not like anybody's ever said that. But New Year's Day is coming tomorrow. It's the great first day of starting everything. So you get a pass. 
Tomorrow, start it fresh. It says, choose for yourselves. So there is a choice to be made. God spoke this to my heart a long time ago, and I've never forgotten it. He said, I will never make decisions for you, but I will empower the decisions that you make. In other words, Chad, I can't decide for you. I give free will. If you want to stay in that spot, that's up to you. I don't want it for you, but I can't choose for you. But if you will make a decision, I will empower that decision. And I will give you the ability to follow through with that decision and do what you cannot do on your own. But I need a decision to start the process. So I don't know what you need to change in 2024, but number one, it starts with choosing. What do you choose? Make a decision. What am I going to do different as a husband, as a, as, a, as a wife, as a father, as a mother, as a child, as a student, as a, as a worker, as a boss? What is it going to be? It starts with a decision. With my relationship with Jesus, what am I going to do differently? It starts. You choose. Notice what it says. Choose for yourselves. Choose for yourselves. Nobody else can choose for us. I can't choose for you. You can't choose for me. If I want something different in my life, I can't wait for something. Hey, will you choose for this to be better in my life? Can you come and pray for me so that I'll automatically be motivated to do something different? We're wanting hands to be laid on us so that we don't have to make a decision. It's not going to happen. Hands laid on us. I'm all in favor of that. But that is only to empower Decisions that we're making, not to make them for us. Can you just lay hands on me so that I quit smoking? I'd be glad to, but are you going to decide to quit? And it could be anything. Can you lay hands on me that I'll stop looking at porn? I'd be glad to, but are you going to decide to quit? We got too real too quick, didn't we? Sorry, let's speak in more generalities so there's no conviction in the room. We can't change anything unless we decide. God will empower that if you say, Lord, I can't quit on my own, but I choose to quit with you, and I will not buy another one. All of a sudden, now God's power is going to be on you to empower that decision. Whatever it is. I'm not talking about just those two things. So choose for yourselves what day? Let's try again. Choose for yourselves we're on uh, 15, the next, seems even to serve the Lord, choose for, there it is, right there, yeah, I'm sorry, good job, media, <laughs> helps if I can read, I'll just stick to my Bible, you guys look at the screen, choose for yourselves, here's what I was dealing, I was dealing with a problem, I was dealing with an issue, I was struggling with something, and um, I was beating myself up over a little bit. I was a little frustrated, a little down. I didn't like that. I didn't handle something very well. Most of it was internally, like most of my issues are, but I was pretty frustrated and I was upset and all this stuff. And I came to the Lord and was asking him about it. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel, I mean, there was no goosebumps, no anointing, no nothing. And I was really frustrated. And the Lord said, you've got a choice. I said, what's, what's my choice? Choose this day whom you will serve. Are you going to serve those feelings? Or are you going to serve what I say? Are you going to serve how you feel? Or are you going to serve how you believe? 
Right now you're serving how you feel. How's it working out for you? Not very good. I'm pretty frustrated. I'm pretty upset. I beat myself. He said, well, then choose. Choose differently. Well, I'm still stuck in this feeling, and that's our problem. I hooked on a feeling. Right, sorry. I'm not sure that's Christian lyrics, but I'm just redeeming that. Don't we get hooked on a feeling? Now I'm going to sing the rest of the song. Stop. I'm hooked. We're stuck on the feelings and we can't get off of that and get on to believing. I need to rewrite the lyrics. I'm unhooked on feelings and I'm hooked on believing. Right? Because I, I can't. He said, just choose. And I'm like, Lord, but I've been feeling this way for quite some time, as you know. And he said, I know, but this is this day. Choose for yourselves. What day is this day? Today. This day is not yesterday. This day is not a week ago. This day is not six months ago. This day is today. So he said, Chad, you've got an opportunity today to make a choice to change everything. How am I going to do that? Make a decision to serve what you believe instead of what you feel. Well, I don't know that I feel like it. I know that's the problem. So I had to say, Lord, I choose to serve you. In this situation, over these feelings, I choose you. You know what happened? Nothing. I didn't feel anything. I didn't start running around. I just said, Lord, I choose you. I choose to serve you, Lord. I choose to serve what I believe. What I feel is going to have to die, but what I believe, I'm going to stay true to it. And he said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Look what he says. Whether the gods your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell right now, but as for me and my house, what are we going to do? Me and my house, we're going to, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Who are we going to serve? We're going to serve. As for me and my house, choose for yourselves. Notice the language. It's, you can't choose for someone else. You can't wait on someone else to decide. You have to choose for you and say, as for me and my house, this is what we're going to do. Then that house could mean your temple, your body, that as for me and my house, Lord, we're going to serve you. What I feel like God's challenging us in 2024, he's saying it's time to make a decision. Here's what maybe areas when you make a decision. Number one, am I going to fear the Lord? Am I going to fear man's opinion? Am I going to fear the Lord or am I going to fear society or other people, what they do? Number two, am I going to serve him? Am I going to serve him with sincerity and in truth? Am I going to give him everything? Am I make a choice to do that? Am I going to serve? Am I going to make a decision to put away some things that have been distracting me, taking up a lot of my time? I'm going to I'm going to put them away. 
and I'm going to choose this day to serve God. I don't know what some of you did. I don't know what happened in 2023. Maybe 2023 was a horrible year for you. Maybe it's the best year of your life. Maybe it's somewhere in between. I don't know. I don't know what you did yesterday. I don't know what you did this morning before you came to church. But as long as we have breath, this is why you got to be careful. Be careful painting people in a corner. That this is who they are. This is what they've done. I know, but, but there's a this day. There's a this day for them. And sometimes this day could be a half hour later. I've done pain and been a corner. That this is who they are. This is what they've always been. This is what they're gonna, this way they're going to end up. And all of a sudden they have a this day moment. And they make a different decision. They make a different choice. And now in God's eyes, they're like, yes, we're moving forward. And everybody else is still trying to keep them. God said to me, Chad, I'm giving you this day as often as you want to make a choice. He said, "My, my mercies are new every, every morning. That sun's going to come up every day, and every day that that sun comes up, I have a choice to say, when I wake up, who am I going to serve? Am I going to serve God, or am I going to serve Chad? Am I going to serve the Lord's agenda, or am I going to serve my agenda? Choose you which day? Every day is this day. I don't choose today, and I don't have to choose tomorrow, because tomorrow is another Another this day. Every day I have to choose to serve the Lord. I don't get to choose today for 2024. I can choose today for now. Tomorrow I wake up, guess what I got to do? It's another this day. Another this day just showed up. So this verse applies again tomorrow. Choose for yourselves this day. Well, I chose yesterday at church. I know this is a new day new day. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.